Hello, <clears throat> it's me again. Um, kind of been doing the same thing I did yesterday. I'm trying to get in the habit of just basically documenting whatever. I did that while I was out in the um, sleeping in the tent and everything, and I'm gonna get into the habit of doing it here too. Just when my parents go to sleep, and when I've got the place all to myself, more or less. It's more just basically uh, go through and the go through the day's events and also I don't know kind of like discuss what's gone on very little it's gone on in my life and everything it is kind of boring right now I mean and I'm don't get me wrong I'm I'm thankful for that. About the most drama I've got to complain I can't really complain about it either it's just. Yeah. So, anyways, um, I'm continuing to do the uh, the mods with um, Grand Theft Auto, and what I've actually decided to do with this is um, I had previously I've got a whole bunch of different little projects and everything, but the two primary projects are Stiletto Susie and. Well, there's maybe even a third you might might be able to say too in there. Stiletto Susie combined with um, doing some mini games inside of the Stiletto Susie, and uh, in much the same way that um, some a whole bunch of different other games have miniature games inside the games, and then on top of that, I've also um, also going through and doing a modification for Grand Theft Auto. Now, the modifications for Grand Theft Auto, I really wasn't going anywhere with it when I started, oh, three years ago or something like that. I didn't have any goals. I was just kind of playing around with it. And now, all of a sudden, as I'm going through this today, I'm all going, what would a highly sexually charged world look like? You know, um, what media would they be playing? What, um, what, you know, what kind of, what would the ads have, you know, for, like, billboards and that kind of stuff? And, uh, other things, you know, such as what would, what might be on TV? What might be on, uh, the movies and that kind of stuff? And, I'm, the biggest thing I don't like the idea of doing, of seeing in a world like this, is basically the ghetto nasty shit. Now, one thing I really loathe about uh, the state of adult fare that's out there is, in, in a general sense, there's a really kind of like a ghetto nature to it all. Um, and a lot of that just has to do with the overall impression, the overall, I don't know, puritanical view that... Uh, more or less, you own your partner, sex is evil, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, having different partners and everything isn't good. Um, all these things that, more or less, this was actually kind of like the, the place that I was born and raised in and everything. I just, I, I like to actually wonder, you know, what would it be like to be in a world where, basically, sexuality and nudity is what's norm versus the violent fare that you see that's norm on in our world. You know, so basically, you know, the the goal would be to more or less, you know, see, this is something I've act, I, I've act, actively asked on, on a lot of occasions. So as I'm playing with the mods today, I'm all going, hmm, you know, somebody had actually made modifications and had L.A. billboards and everything. That was actually another one of the mods that I added into uh, Grand Theft Auto today. And as I'm going through and I'm looking at these billboards, I'm all going, okay, this is like the same old shit, you know, that's out there and everything. You know, the same Better Call Saul, um, the leftovers, and it's just, it's the same stuff. So here's what I'm thinking. What if I can actually not just try to imagine what I'm, what this highly sexually slash 
pornographic world, uh, adult-oriented world, you know, from a sexuality perspective look like. But I can also focus on the ads, too, coming to, coming to imagine what the ads would look like. And not only that, but keep it as classy, and this is actually something I've active, actively been thinking for the last four hours. If I can actually do this and keep it classy and funny at the same time, playful in nature, it could potentially change everything. Um, so, anyways, the first thing that I ended up doing was there's an ad that uh, that's over... Oh, what is it? Um, so if you go into... Grand Theft Auto. I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna save my position right here. I found a billboard that's near the beach, and I found an awesome, awesome model that she's stark naked on a um, on a surfing board. And what I'm gonna do is basically say I'm gonna make an ad that says, "Hold on a second. This is by the beach between." Airport and lower strip. So I've got to actually take these billboards and figure out where they're contained within the RPF files. An RPF file inside Grand Theft Auto is a uh, it's an archive of sorts. It contains the textures, it contains the models, the three-dimensional models, and uh, the problem is I don't have a mapping of basically what goes where. So a lot of times I'm more or less trying to reverse engineer the naming scheme that's used and try to locate the billboards, but a lot of times I'm <laughs> completely lost, and I'm just basically going through and and looking at uh, at the texture images themselves one by one until I find the images that I'm looking for. And a lot of times it's not easy. So Sunset Strip, fortunately, is pretty easy, easily named. So it's SS one underscore one two is the uh, the image for, or that's the image location for the Sunset Strip images. And then you've got g underscore GRND underscore signs. So the signs is kind of the giveaway, but you know, it'd be a lot easier if they would have named it Billboard, but you never know. So, you know, I'm going through literally thousands of files trying to actually find one file to make a modification to in order to actually change a Billboard image. So as I get into that Billboard image, all of a sudden, you know, it's just like, I get this idea today. You know, I was I, I hadn't even thought about this, you know, but then all of a sudden I'm just like, wait a second, I, I've been actively asking that question, what would a, a world look like where basically the ads are tastefully done in pornographic ways? You know, I mean, what would be considered porn in our world would be considered just basically, hey, this is how we express ourselves here. You know, it's not, it's not vulgar. This is just basically art. You know, so that's I'm trying to reimagine the world like this and everything. So what I did was I created an ad um, based on a couple images I found from Hegre Art. Uh, it's got two women that are sitting on bar stools, and uh, both of them have these cute little tops on, but they're both bottomless. And I've got American Apparel, that's the name of the company, tops. You know, so American, and that's actually the name of the billboard. And that's it. It's just basically a real simplistic ad that has these two women that are that are sitting, you know, sitting on top of bar stools, um, the old um, pole ones, you know, the ones that uh, you might find in an old style diner or something like that. But both of them have their legs completely spread open, so you you have nothing but a very very obvious beaver shot and everything. Um, Got to find different words for that, too. And uh, they, you know, they're laughing and, uh, you know, they're just basically, it's, it's the, the analogy is they're like a top. You know, so those old child's toys, you know, the tops that you spin and everything. You know, so the analogy is there's two women, you know, are tops. It's a little bit of a goofy joke and everything, but I'm just trying to have fun with it. And it actually came out pretty brilliant. I mean, it looks freaking awesome. So, and this is, you know, it's a completely nude, bottomless ad, you know, where they're selling apparel. And, and that's actually what I realized before. When I started thinking about this world, you know, would it be completely naked? Would everybody go without clothes? And it's just like, fuck no. 
And a lot of times, I myself, you know, if I was to visit a world like this, you know, I might, you know, it's not that I wouldn't feel, try to feel comfortable, you know, but um, I like the idea, especially if it gets cold, to bundle up, you know, but during the summertime, boom, if I feel like, you know, feel like throwing on, you know, my shoes and just running down to 7-Eleven or something like that, <laughs> there you go, you know, especially if I was looking and feeling better about myself, you know, physically and everything, you know, then I'd just be like, hey, you know, why wouldn't I want to let it all hang out? You know, that could actually be kind of fun. So, and that's actually, you know, for me, kind of the fun of doing this, too. It's just, it's, it's just basically imagining a different world. Well, so what I thought was, as I started making modifications to this, is just, I look at all the billboards. There's literally hundreds of them in this game and everything. And um, some of them, you know, are for you know, for legitimate in-game products that you actually can't really find, you know, like Max Rinda Manscaping, you know, it's got some dude with uh, lipstick and uh, eye shit on him, or you got Hammerstein and Faust Employment Law, you know, it, it's all part of the Grand Theft Auto lore, but what I'm thinking is, okay, once that game is done, you know, which is which it is right now. You know, for me, this this game is actually done. You know, what if I can actually just take this as a world and transform it at least media-wise? You know, and you know, like I like I said yesterday, as I'm watching an area or something like that. You know, the more I participate in this world, does it? Do I start seeing? Do I see any changes? You know, to suggest. You know, that, uh, that there's any kind of dynamic activity going on with this, that people are actually alive, and that, uh, that the AI itself um, doesn't just dictate actions, you know, but also provides, you know, very, all it does is provide a, um, you know, one perspective and one possibility, but it's not something that everybody is living by and guided by, you know. So, in other words, it's like rules, you know, rules for you know, rules of law. There's going to be some people that, um, many people, you know, like me especially, you know, that uh, respect the law. You know, but sometimes that law doesn't work. You know, there's certain points where, you know, for me, for instance, public transportation, it's absolutely no, no sense to me whatsoever why public transportation should be paid for. So, I'm going to break the law every time. You know, um, over in Los Angeles and everything. Here in Portland, um, you know, just because I have a home address, I'm a little bit more, you know, with my parents and everything, not wanting to cause any problems with my family, um, I'm not going to be doing it because I'll, I'll have other modes of transportation and everything. You know, but while I was in L.A., you know, it's just like, for me, it was a moral statement. I'm breaking law because I fundamentally disagree with this law. You know, it for me, it's it had been something even before I was homeless. I would always ask the question, wait a second, if this is public transportation and it comes out of my taxes in order to be able to feel this, then why the fuck am I paying for the paying for this transportation? You know, it's like double taxation. That doesn't make sense. Logically and rationally. Flat out doesn't make sense. So in any case, um I'm wondering you know, if I manipulate the media of this world and, you know, start just observing, you know, um, putting myself in points where there's lots of advertisements and that kind of stuff, will I be able to hear different conversations and everything? Will people actually be stimulated and affected by the media that's actually within these areas and everything? Will they see the same thing that I see when I put that information up there? Uh, that's a perfectly valid question, right? You know, are there actually effectively people in this world, you know, that are living, you know, and uh, in ways that, um, you know, in much the same way I'm living in my world, you know, are... You know, what's, you know, do I hear any reactions to any of this? You know, so I like the idea of actually, you know, potentially through these ads and everything, um, maybe affecting the world. Maybe, um, maybe seeing it change and maybe, maybe growing in front of me, like kind of like a, 
Um, and I don't like analogizing it to an ant farm, you know, but that's really the best analogy. You know, the more, or a fish tank, you know, the more that I, I feed them different things, you know, from my world that, uh, or not just from my world, but based on things I have, I have in my world, you know, so a lot of it might be new art and new, new imagery that's taken from various different sources and everything, you know, largely classified as pornography and this overarching weird bundle of classification. It basically takes anything that's naked and puts it into, into this realm of pornography. Doesn't make sense to me. It's just like, uh, so, anyways, what if I um, you know, what if I take all this imagery and take what I consider some of the the classier, um, more, you know, um, more ast astonishing, more meaningful, more funny, um, more memorable media that I've seen you know, over the course of my life, and a lot of it I've actually gathered on my machines and everything, and uh, have different locations for it, what if I take some of this and just turn it into ads, you know, make it, um, I mean, marketing's my background, and what if next I actually take that, and I repackage it, and I distribute it as a torrent, you know, um, I give the link to my friends, that uh, whoever actually wants to get a copy of it, and see the, th see the stuff that I've done and everything, you know, um, can I transform it a little bit and, you know, maybe repackage it and make it as a as a separate game in itself, you know, where there's different things that you do that in Grand Theft Auto that you didn't do, you know, where there's, you know, can I, can, that's kind of the end challenge too, can I turn this world into something, you know, that's what I imagined it to be. A sophisticated, sexy, um, but highly sexual, and highly, uh, and basically everybody's nude whenever they feel like it, you know, some people just walk out and go hang out and everything, you know, so nudity is, is completely normal, you know, and uh, in addition to that, it's, uh, you know, when it comes down to sex sexuality, you know, I'm just... I like the idea of, you know, hey, I'm at a, you know, I've got a corner Starbucks area here, you know, and uh, there's a couple seats, you know, there's seats all around and everything. But what if, uh, you know, a young couple actually breaks out and has sex right there? You know, what if, you know, I mean, in our world, we wouldn't, you know, it's not, a, not, not socially acceptable, right? In a general sense, you know, somebody's going to get pissed off. And, and the weird thing is somebody's going to get more pissed off at something like that than somebody that actually might break out with a line of coke and do it right there. You know, that's what doesn't make sense in my world. Somebody would be more offended by, by, by a couple that breaks out and all of a sudden one girl gives a, a guy a blowjob right there. You know, they would be more offended at, at that than a guy doing a line of cocaine. And it's just like... In my in my opinion, it's just like I mean I don't know, I'm just not a fan, you know. So how can I do this without actually making it so where it's tasteless, like pornography, like street porn, you know? Um, how can I make it uh, classy, sophisticated? And the reason I'm saying this out loud, like I am too, is I'm trying to put the energy out there to to make it tasteful, you know, to basically take pornography in its current form, you know, and elevate it, you know, and just basically say, this is the world that's going to be created based on an elevated form of adult entertainment, specifically, you know, for people that uh, engage in sex and everything. Well, you know, if anything goes, however, there are some clear boundaries bet between, um, tasteful behavior versus tasteless behavior, and what is considered tasteless sexuality in public versus what is considered tasteful sexuality in public. You know, and, and what I'm referring to is, you know, let's say you, you, you go to that Starbucks. Well, if I'm actually going to create some avatars that are going to be doing something, you know, um, what would be tasteful in this world versus what would be tasteless? You know, what would be something people would actually have fun watching? You know, um, and a lot of it does have to do with, you know, somebody that's better looking, right? You know, but I, I don't want that to be the only thing. 
you know, I want to I want to think about this from the perspective of how is it you you maintain fullness, you know, in an environment like that. You know, um, it could be in a very public environment. It doesn't matter where it is. How do you differentiate tasteful sexual behavior, sexually overt? You know, so in here's a for instance: two people um, they decide to go out naked for the day. They meet for the first time. They decide to hook up right here, right now. You know, now what is considered tasteful? In, this con in these conditions, with the permission of having it happen, period, in the story, versus what's considered tasteless. And this is something I don't know yet, because this world, to me, is something I've just imagined. You know, I, <laughs> I mean, I've seen what I consider taste, taste, uh, tasteless behavior a lot, you know, but I've also some con seen what I consider, you know, some tasteful you know, type stuff and everything happening in the real world as well. You know, so what what draws that line? So it really comes down to I've got to do a little soul searching for myself and ask myself the question, what do I not mind seeing? You know, because let's say I actually find myself in this world. Well, I don't want to be going to a place and all of a sudden, you know, I'm at a one of those four-stall tables that are in and out and the cup all of a sudden you know, literally at the same table, you know, one one girl throws herself uh, on the table and everything, the guy starts fucking her right next to me and, and jizzes, and all of a sudden, boom, gets it on my sandwich. That's kind of gross, right? You know, so clearly that's a tasteless situation, you know, but where's, you know, what's the line, you know? So let's say this couple d does decide to go, to go at it and everything. Well, what would make that situation tasteful? Now, here's the thing. Saying, don't do it, is not an option. Flat out not an option. This is a world where anything's permissible. So, in this world, where anything's permissible, but they built up some ethical and moral behavior, some sophisticated, classy, you know, ways of dealing with things and everything, what would be permissible? Now, now, and like I said, drawing that line and saying nothing is permissible isn't an answer. That's a cop-out. You know, that, that's like saying to me, um, there's just, it's just not permissible ever. You know, ah, no, I, I disagree. You know, um, it comes down to there's, there's got to be, let's say it's that in and out again. You know, I've got the in and out right here that I'm looking at right now. You know, um... And that's actually something I think, I mean, I'm really going to have to put some thought into, because honestly, and the, and the answer I cannot come up with, I'm, I'm disallowing, is it's not permissible. I have to find something, mentally, a way to do this, you know, and, and what I'm trying to do is develop a code of ethics, uh, a code of morals, you know, a standard of behavior in this world and everything that differentiates, you know, the the ghetto, you know, attitudes and morals and, you know, like the, the shit that I just left over in, over at, um, over at Starbucks over in um, Los Angeles. You had these guys that are just, they're interested in, you know, one guy in particular, he, you know, when I, pretty much when I first arrived over at Starbucks, you know, he walked around and literally he would sit and he'd find a, a centrally located spot and anyone that made eye contact with he decided to approach us like hey you got a problem with me come on let's go fuck it you know he's literally looking for a fight you know so one time about uh, two two weeks of this goes by and all of a sudden one day he walks in he's a big guy maybe six foot three six foot four you know and um i wouldn't want to fight him but the fact of the matter is i knew i could take him but that's not the point. You know, the point is, he ended up bringing, about two weeks later, he brought in a big uh, lead pipe that he was carrying around. It's about, about a three-foot lead pipe. You know, and 
Now, mind you, he comes in not as a customer. He comes in to sit and give people the stink eye. You know, so there's an, uh, a man that's waiting for mobile order drinks, and all of a sudden, a guy bumps into him. And boom! He's up like a beat and gets right in the guy's face. and goes, come on! He starts yelling at the guy. This is all in Starbucks and everything. So fortunately, a manager had the wherewithal to actually you know, shove him out and everything, tell him to get out. And the guy still kept coming in on a regular basis. And he's got this lead pipe when he's coming in on a regular basis, too. And it's just like... You know, the guy's just out to kill somebody. It's clearly obvious he's out to kill somebody. So, anyways, this this persists and everything until finally, about uh, about four weeks after all this, maybe even more, maybe about six weeks, um, he finds some drunk dude that's, uh, you know, maybe three times his age. He's, he looks like he's in his 60s and everything. And uh, all I know is, you know, somebody else, there's a fight outside. You know, and I see the fight. And I instantly run out there, and I put myself right in between the two guys. Well, Billy um, Washington, he was there, and Billy's a guy that's been in all kinds of different movies, Terminator, and, you know, I mean, so many different movies after that and everything as a stuntman. So, anyways, I do what comes natural to me. I go and I stand literally right in between the two, right as the guy's about to throw his fist, and I just basically sit there and I look at him, put my hands in my pocket. You know, so for me, it's just uh, the one thing I've learned with animals is to appear not as a threat. And let's be clear. A person like that is an animal. And I know how he's going to respond. So, <coughs> in this case, he's confused. He's like, he's already been, he'd already challenged me before, you know, a couple times and everything. He sees I'm not going to fight and I'm in his way, you know, stopping him from trying to pummel this, you know, older man and everything. And I'm just like... You're not doing this anymore, man. So get away. Go away. Get the fuck out of my way. He screams at me, spittles in my face and everything. Wipe it off my face and I look at him and I said, leave. Now. You know, I'm just matter of fact and everything with it. And um, the guy, you know, tries getting around me a couple times and both times I ended up stepping in his way, just making sure that he couldn't get around me. And uh, meanwhile, the guy behind me, he's bleeding, he's on the ground and everything. And, you know, no, he didn't do it with a lead pipe, but still, it was just like, I mean, the guy's literally a foot taller than him. He's drunk, and I don't know what the guy said, but apparently he made the... I mean, there was, there's no right comment that could have been made to this guy. You know, he's just looking for a fight, and unfortunately... You know, somebody that's drunk is not exactly, you know, contained with their wits and everything. So, anyways, long story short, um, you know, this guy ends up finally, you know, turning around a little bit. He rushes, tries to rush rush at me, at me again, you know. And at this point, I'm just like, I still got my hands in my pocket, you know. He's, he ends up going like, boo, you know, does that in front of me. And I was like, whatever, dude, you know. So he ends up finally, you know, turning around and walking away, you know, and uh, I'm just like, finally, you know. So by then, the manager's out, security's starting to come out and everything. These these guys are always slow to react and everything. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, the guy is being catered to. And I watch the guy make sure that he leaves and everything. And uh, police come a couple, uh, probably about 20 minutes later. They asked me about what happened. I'm just like, yeah, the guy's been looking for a fight, you know, and I explained the situation. There's a couple other people that verified my story and everything, and, you know, this guy's just been looking for it ever since then. And, uh, you know, and um, they made it clear that the guy's banned off the property. He's been banned off the property for about two weeks, and they just said, uh, you know, and at that point, the manager asked me to uh, inform them, because I was already a regular there at this point, if the guy arrives. And the guy did come back, you know, a couple, uh, you know, a couple times in the next couple of weeks, but fortunately he ended up leaving permanently and everything. You know, but um, this, this is the, you know, what I, what I consider ghetto pornographic um, violent behavior. You know, so if, and you know, this is the difference between somebody that um, that takes violence with finesse. You know, that that takes it and puts it into UFC. That uh, takes it and puts it into dojo. There's there's places that are appropriate for this kind of behavior and everything. You know, and if you're in public like this, well, there's a there's an overstepping of that boundary. 
you know, by basically picking a fight with anybody. Now, I've seen uh, another homeless dude end up getting into a guy's face, and the guy reacted with a really strong and fast uppercut. Surprised the hell out of me. I'm just like, I'm watching this, and it was an older Chinese gentleman, and uh, he got rushed by one of the homeless dudes that uh, I've never seen the homeless guy, you know, get in, in somebody's face like he did this guy. But uh, the Chinese guy was so fast to react. And I, I just cracked up when I saw this guy's head go back. And it was just like, holy shit, that was cool. You know, so that's the difference between what I consider a a ghetto pornographic act, you know, the guy that's starting, trying to start shit versus the Chinese guy that, kapow, he nails him quick, gets him the fuck out of the way, and basically it's over with before you anything has a chance to respond. Now, mind you, both of the, these are being done literally in the same place. I mean, I'm not shitting you when I say this is literally right in front of the front door of, uh, of Starbucks and everything. You know, so same violent behavior, somebody hitting somebody else. And I'm not condoning the activity, you know, for either one. Personally, I find other ways to do things. You know, and uh, sexuality for me is certainly my thing. However, in what instance you've got a guy that's knocking the shit out of somebody else, and there's absolutely no reason for it. In another instance, you know, you got what I consider is a really, you know, kind of like an intriguing event. You got a homeless guy that's mostly harmless, that I've never seen him rush anybody or anything like that, or present, um, present himself in a violent fashion, but with what he did, he certainly could be misconstrued you know, as threatening somebody's personal physical space, getting as close as he did, as fast as he did. And unfortunately for him, it was a strong lesson learned because he ended up almost getting floored as a result of it. Now, you know, for me, um, I wouldn't have reacted like the Chinese guy did, but I'm not going to judge it, you know. He, he reacted in a way that was swift, that was... Um, it sent a very strong message, and I never saw that guy do that again to anybody. So it was really interesting, you know. So, and, and so here's what I'm saying, you know. So in one case, you know, you've got the jizz on my hamburger type thing, you know, um, the equivalent of the ghetto pornographic violent dude, you know. Um, that 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 in itself is kind of an equivalent act and everything. But when it comes down to it, you know, there's, what's the equivalent, you know, of a couple that actually, you know, is, hey, you know, for me, I don't enjoy looking at violence, period, end of story. Um, I've thought about going to UFC before, um, just to actually see how I felt, but I really didn't want to because I feel like I'm condoning the activity. Um, I actually took... Um, I went into jiu-jitsu class. I actually wrestled a little bit in high school. I got my ass kicked regularly doing it, but uh, I really wasn't good at it. And, but I, I certainly appreciated people, and I quit thinking it was a gay thing. You know, I saw that uh, it really requires a lot of strength and dexterity and everything to, to do it with. But, you know, for me, um, I just don't like, you know, when it comes down to it. I respect people that might be doing UFCs and might be doing boxing. But it doesn't mean it's something I myself particularly enjoy. And in a situation like what I saw with the Chinese dude doing it and everything, um, it's no no harm, no foul. The way I look at it is a situation you know, situations like that happen and I'm not gonna judge it. You know, but in a case like the other guy, you know, of course I'm gonna judge it. I'm gonna I think the guy needs to be removed from the face of this planet or deported back to fucking Africa. You know, when it comes down to it, it's just like, I know that's that's horrible in saying that, but, you know, if you're going to act like a fucking animal, well, you know, in my opinion, you know, you need to be put in a country that uh, that's more appropriate for your skill set and everything, because this isn't it. You know, plain and simple. So, and, um, well, you may view that as racism or something like that. Yeah, whatever. Um, when it comes down to it, it's just... Uh, it's just a black dude that's acting. You know, one of my favorite statements I had somebody make 
that uh, he chastised me when I was younger. Um, I was a uh, I was in a fraternity, Pi Kappa Alpha House, over at uh, over at Arizona State University. And uh, Matthew Zinti, I remember his name. He was my roommate for maybe six months' time and everything. And uh, guy was from where was he from? It wasn't Baltimore. Somewhere back east is, uh, I think it was like New Hampshire or something like that. Anyways, he had these old school ways about him and everything. And, you know, very, very, very interesting character. He he was adamant about becoming president. He was a poli-sci major for his undergraduate work and everything. And he had the intention of pursuing his JD. And um, Kit was obsessed with politics, absolutely obsessed with politics. And he knew he'd be president one day. So, anyways, um... You know, I just um, got got talking to him and everything about uh, his his usage of the term nigger that he used very frequently, and uh, he actually used it in front of in front of one of, his, one of his black friends one day, and the guy didn't wince. He didn't even so much as flinch or anything. You know, and I'm just like, dude, I said, I got to ask, you know, so when the guy ended up leaving, I said, I've heard you use that so many different times. And he goes, you know, and he, you know, he makes a comment about uh, nigger and that, but I, but I also realized that he was using the two terms um, differently, but I couldn't quite figure out how. Sometimes he'd say nigger, sometimes he'd say black guy. And then all of a sudden he, he put it in the context. He goes, well, he goes, um, back home, we, we, we have a lot of guys that are, you know, that are like me. He goes, we all go to school. We're, you know, we're all try to get an education or everything. He goes, to me, he goes, we're just identified by, you know, by the color of our skin. You know, that's just one way that uh, I call some of my black friends, you know. And sure, there's a difference between us, but generally speaking, it's just like we're all kind of the same thing. And he goes, then there's the niggers. He goes, these are the ghetto motherfuckers, you know. He was, he made some kind of comment like this way back then. These are the kind of guys that'll rip you off before you even think about it. These are the kind of guys that'll that'll uh, you know fuck uh, fuck your girlfriend and everything, and um, or rape rape your girlfriend and not even give a shit about you. He goes, these are these are the kind of people that I just don't like. And he goes, yeah, and that's when he made the comment. He goes, these are niggers. You know, I said, well, it's not exclusive to black people, you know. Um, he goes, no, definitely not. And he goes, uh, he goes, we have got other names for, you know, for, for the white guys that are doing it, assholes and that kind of stuff. But, you know, in a lot of cases, it's easier to call, you know, to single them out like this. And I, I cracked up. Well, I, I do understand where he's coming from. And for me, when it comes down to racism, there's nothing wrong with identifying somebody by the color of their skin. I've been called cracker, gringo, Caucasian more times than I can count and everything. And for me, it's just a way to basically differentiate me versus somebody like an Indian and a, or a Mexican or a Chinese or something like that. You know, there's, there's differences, flat out differences in the way that we think and the way that we perceive the world and everything, and the way that we act and everything too. And that's okay, you know, and there's going to be times where somebody acts ghetto relative to their skin color. You know, we've got slang for those as well. You know, so that for me isn't racism. It's just basically it's a, it's a derogatory term used for a person that's acting in a derogatory fashion. And a lot of times it's very well deserved. So I personally don't use that myself, but... Uh, uh, but going back to this whole, you know, whole concept, I don't know why I went down that direction and everything. This whole concept of, you know, the whole, let's say, you know, for me, I would actually enjoy being at a, at a Starbucks and everything. And looking outside, and all, just, all of a sudden just seeing a cute couple and everything, and all of a sudden, one, she decides to mount them right there. You know, maybe not necessarily in anybody's way or anything like that. Maybe that's just the key to it all. It's just basically putting yourself just a, l a little distance in between yourself and others. And I, you know, and I saw a, um, a wonderful little video. Yes, I serve porn regularly. Um, I found a wonderful little video about a, a couple in a coffee shop that uh, they're kind of like secluded off in their corner and everything, and sh and here they are, they're basically, they're, they're fucking right there. And uh, towards the end, he ends up, 
you know, she ends up standing up and, you know, he ends up doing her from behind right there in the corner. And there's two couples that are often off in the other part. And there's people coming in and out the whole time and everything. And it's just like, you know, it's actually kind of cool. You know, the the waitress goes by a couple times and she takes their drink and everything. And she just goes about her activities like she normally is and everything. And it's just like, that's actually that's kind of the what I'm looking for, is basically how to actually incorporate activities like that in a world like this, where that kind of activity, that kind of behavior, is standard. It's normal. It's it's just how people are, you know. Where if somebody breaks out and just starts fucking literally, you know, at the same table as you and everything, either it is a specific place for it, or it's not in and out, and it's considered vulgar behavior. You know the difference between vulgarity and being being off uh, off to the side a little bit and everything, where you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna spew on somebody else, and you're not uh, you're not shitting on, you know, you're not getting stuff dirty with your ass cheeks, you know, with your or anything like that. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's just like, how does it you you maintain that classiness? So, in any case, um, first off is uh, coming up with billboard ads. You know, so I've got a whole bunch of different billboards that I'm going to be coming up with. And they're going to be things that I, I think are going to be unique. I'm going to try to focus on um, on keeping it funny and everything. I'm going to come up with some TV show ideas and everything for it. And, you know, potentially some movies and everything for it, too. And, uh you know, what would you see on primetime TV in a very sexually charged world? You know, um, you know, we're basically porn and all that kind of stuff is something that's normal. You know, I'm not going to want to air, air normal porn, though. That's the whole thing. You know, movies that are absolutely going to contain pornographic scenes, but porn done tastefully. Now, I'm not talking about Skinamax. That kind of stuff is really kind of like, in my opinion, cheesy. You know, I like the idea of showing full penetration and all this other stuff on on regular TV and everything. But how is it? There's something called The Sex Files 2. And uh, I might put together an ad, because I downloaded that a while ago. And uh, I might put together an ad on that, you know, just basically showing that, because it's very well done, um, you know, about... I mean, it's a, it's a rip-off of The X-Files. You know, and I actually might put an ad ad for that one as well. But it's just like, what other mo- kinds of movies would there be and everything? You know, what ones are out there already, you know, that are actually really, you know, pretty good quality? You know, and uh, also what else, uh, what other products might there be? You know, and how can you sell the products differently? You know, so like I thought about the surfboard ad, board ad. The surfboard ad's kind of fun. You know, I like the idea of putting a completely naked woman on a surfing board. There's, she's hiding nothing. You know, she's, it's a full frontal picture and everything, but she's on a surfboard. And the surfboard ad basically says, all you really need is the board. Or whatever the board's name is, I think. Hold on a second, I'll tell you. Let's go to the board name. So all you really need is a all you really need to bring along for a great surfing is the McKee. and uh, it's it's got a plain you know it's got a logo of a McKee on the uh, surfboard itself and it's just like you know and on top of that McKee is a gorgeous naked woman well so I'm trying to think find a way to word the ad and everything it's just like huh this could be kind of fun. It's a little bit of a mental exercise and everything, and while I doubt I'd get any support and everything for this, since it is, I mean, I already asked uh, for Christmas uh, a legitimate copy of Grand Theft Auto and everything from my from my brother, so we'll see. But you know, it's basically it's a, it's an overhaul of uh, Grand Theft Auto to to turn the world into. At least from a media perspective, I mean, it's not—it's not like an intense change or anything like that. We're not talking about topographical building changes or anything like that. It's just basically all the ads and you know whatever else I can think of that uh, might make sense, you know, for 
just basically changes in media without actually changing the uh, physical uh, geography or anything like that and the structures of the buildings or anything like that. So, in any case, I'm proud of my American Apparel billboard. It looks pretty cool. I'm, uh, I'm going to save a screenshot of this. And if you look on my blog, American Apparel, um, I'll actually put it on my blog. So I'll put, uh, put the ad from a couple different directions. So see it from down the street as well. Not too far. Just see it from a passerby perspective. From a car. Let's see. <laughs> it just makes me smile. That's what I like about it. So anyways, um, for this entry, I don't know if uh, if you know how to, oh shit, how to actually access my blog or, or anything, it's um, universalbride.wordpress.com and uh, it'll be my latest entry, so whatever, whatever entry it uh, will be tomorrow. This is the single solitary ad change or billboard change I've made so far. In this, uh, in this version. I've done done it on the old version I have, but the old version I just did kind of the same thing, you know, LA f the LA changes and everything, not not envisioning a new world. And this is like envision envisioning a new world. What if ads were altogether different? You know, how can you actually make it funny? And, I don't know, cool, sophisticated, classy, sexy, all at the same time without being obscene, you know, and understanding that there's a fine line, and believing that there's a fine line for pornography versus open sexuality and nudity. So, anyways, um, yeah, Universal Bri, U-N-I-V-E-R-S-A-L-B-R-I dot WordPress dot com, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll post it on the date, let's see, which one's going tomorrow? So I think the last episode, yeah, it's whatever episode number this is going to be under. So you'll just see, I'll put the pictures in line with the same, uh, same stuff and everything. So it'll be episode 72. So, and, um, yeah, since, uh, I've already had one of my emails hacked, by the way, so I can't even access it at all. So I'm not going to hand out my emails or anything like that. But uh, I don't have any real good methods of getting back to me or anything like that. So if you like the idea, then just put your good energy out there, your supportive energy out there. Help me come up with creative ideas. So creative ads and things like that to exercise my my own noggin. Maybe, I don't know if I could even monetize something like this, but at the same time I'm doing this, I'm also going to be working on the noggin for how is it I actually create a stiletto Susie and, you know, because basically the two would exist in the same world. So stiletto Susie um, it lives in this world that, uh, that we're talking, that I'm actually building here. So... In a, effectively, I would actually be shaping the personalities of the people in the same way through the AI and that kind of stuff. But um, that's what I'm trying to do is just basically to imagine an all-encompassing world where Stiletto Susie is, you know, 
more or less, you know, sexuality is, is something that's so normal and everything for everybody else. And yet, here she is, a gorgeous woman by any standards, and she sees it all around, but for some reason she can't get any, you know, and why, why, you know? So, you know, she'll flash herself, she'll put herself out there and everything for people. So that's actually what I'm trying to do, is I like the idea. See, the more I talk about it, the more I actually think about how the two synchronize with each other. And you know what it does? Is it also helps me come up with scenarios, too. And the cool thing is, because it's GTA, I might be able to use some of the settings, take some images from in the game, and then convert them over to 8-bit, artistically redo, th redo it, and maybe have myself settings for this as well. So, I don't know from an IP perspective what to... I'm going to have to check the legal uh, legal issues on that. So, if you understand what I'm talking about. So, what I would do is I would take... Um, the game is high, high def and high resolution right now. And uh, what I would take is basically snapshots of places. And then I would take it and put it through an artistical... Um, well, I'd reduce it down to an 8-bit image. And then, in addition to that, I'd also paint over certain colors and change certain settings and you know, make certain buildings. So, that's actually a question that uh, I'm going to put out there to the energy. Can I... I'm going to ask a friend of mine, a lawyer friend of mine, about um, Deviant or... What's it called? Artwork that... I'm trying to think of the word for it. Art that inherit from. That's not a good word. Derivative works. Art. So here's the question A derivative work is a new original product that includes aspect of pre existing already copyrighted work. Also known as a new version. Derivative works can include musical arrangements, motion pictures, art reproduction, sound recordings, or translations. Um, understanding the importance of derivative work. The biggest thing I'm trying to do is make sure that whatever I do, it's legal. Uh, at least for my game. Um, Copyright law protects original creative works of authorship such as books, manuscripts, music, film, and video productions, computer code, and work so it's This isn't computer code. It's a new original product that includes aspects of pre-existing already copyrighted work, also known as a new version. Derivative works can include musical arrangements, mu motion, sounds recorded, fiction, and fictionalization such as who can produce? Only copyright owners have exclusive right to produce derivative works. Fair use. The exception. Oh, here's the exception. So you've been inspired by someone else, else's work and you've used some of that original. That means you've infringed the original author, author's copyright, right? Well, not necessarily. There exists a carve-out to infringement that applies with a particular force to the derivative works arena, the fair use doctrine. This is a defense available to someone who uses another's work without permission in the creation of his or her own work. good example of fair use are scholarships in, but only so much as absoluteness or to whatever point is being made through it to you. Similarly, book reviews. Fair use is slippery. So, fair use, copyright law. Sorry for uh, letting you hear my... Oh, okay, so mine's a parody.
text and data mining, so reverse engineering. The transformative nature of computer-based analytics, so it says text led to the view, a case involving mass data, okay. Parody. Producers of creators of parodies of copyright have been sued for infringement uh, by the targets of the ridicule, even though such use may be protected as fair use. For example, somebody appropriated Barbie dolls for his photo photo photography <laughs> project, Food Chain Barbie. And Mattel lost its copyright infringement lawsuit against him because his work was effectively parodying parodies of Barbie and the values she represents. Puppies and a string of puppies was the same parody offense. So it sounds like mine's not a satirical view of society, it's a fictionalized view. So mine's actually resting firmly in between parody because it's not a parody of Grand Theft Auto. It's certainly not satire. <coughs> More information on fair use. Per person characters, courts. Okay, here we go. Amount and substantiality of the proportion used in relation to the copyrighted work as a whole. Courts look at both quantity and quality of the copyrighted material. So, I mean, I, I might actually use the model, but I'll certainly rename the building. Um, I'll certainly be dithering the image, altering the image dramatically, probably skewing it perspective-wise. So this factor, nature of the copyrighted work, degree of which work was used relate, related to copyright's purpose of encouraged creative expression. So, yeah, so mine would actually fall under the amount and substantiality. Effect of the use of the copyrighted proportion. I'm not worried about it then, especially if I change it. Yeah, so I've got, I've already got Al Lowe's blessing on Stiletto Susie, and mine is definitively, um, derivative well you can't call it de definitively it leverages the same look and feel you know it doesn't derive from it could a little bit the UI could derive from it but I've already gotten his exclusive um, consent for it so that gives me the license and to do whatever I want to with it so this is a different ball game here in any case I'm not really worried about it. It just gives me the opportunity. So, anyways, um, I'm gonna post the images tomorrow for the uh, for the billboard, along with at the same time I post the uh, post the this podcast. So, um, if you'd like to, it'll be if you do have vision and you can see. Um, if you don't, I'm not going to ridicule you or anything or like that. Um, you just know what I'm doing and why, you know, and, uh, I really, I do appreciate you listening. If, uh, especially if you're, uh, representing an audience that, um, I feel probably might be underrepresented. I'm glad to, glad to actually provide for. 
So, in any case, thank you for listening, and I will post that imagery tomorrow. So, thank you for listening. Oh, hold on. I'm going to go 20 more seconds. I'm just going to time this out and say blah, 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 because I want this to go precisely to one hour. And as I talk and just consider talking, I have no real reason I'm going to do this, but I just feel like doing it just because, well, just because right when I shut it off, you'll know it's one hour. Yep, that's how it is.